0: Not a Fan, which we uh, have broken down into several segments. We introduce uh, the theme for the week on a Sunday morning. Then on a Tuesday night here, we show the video which has been made that goes with the series, which is a story. Those are clips from the story. We show that on Tuesday night here, and then we break out into groups and talk about what we've seen up on the screen. The third part of that is a lot of you have Purchase the journal that goes with it. If you didn't get one, then we have a fresh supply out on the table by these doors uh, there today if you'd like to get one. Um, The fact we are a week into it needs to be no hindrance, whatever. You can just pick it up where we are today's day day eight, and you could go with that from there. Uh, Also, let me say, if you missed this past Tuesday night, don't worry. It's not like you'll come in and not know what's going on. You'll easily be able to just slide into wherever things are at. So if you can join us on Tuesday night as well, that adds another layer to the whole of the, this teaching. The question here is, am I a fan of Jesus or am I a follower of Jesus? It's all about where's our level of commitment to Christ. That's the real story. That's a great question theme for today, of course, am I a fan, right? It's Super Bowl Sunday. And um, yeah, I think the best football game I ever saw, I don't know about the game, the best football experience I ever had was a number of years ago, Jill, my wife and I, we were visiting friends in Indianapolis for uh, New Year's. And uh, my friend Douglas there said, uh, before we went, he said, you've timed it really good. I've got the tickets for the corporate suite. That's different. Then he asked the most stupid question I've ever heard. Do you want to go? Really? (laughs) Really? So here we are, and uh, I don't know whatever date it was, right around New Year's, here we are that Sunday afternoon, and we we drive, we drive over there, and uh, you know what? We, we don't look for a parking space with the ordinary people. You know, we slide right in through the gate for the priority parking, and we're parked right up there. And uh, then we, we go into the stadium, you know, and we don't go in where the regular people are getting frisked. We go in our entrance. We take the private elevator upstairs, and then we are escorted to our suite, I'd never seen anything like this, so here we are. I mean, I know some of you probably do this all the time, but anyway, normal, <laughs> normal people like me. It was, it was fantastic. He'd already asked us what foods we wanted to be ordered in. So it was a stocked refrigerator. There were all kinds of foods that were available. You could sit out front in comfortable chairs, and you could look down and watch the whole of the game. You could sit back in the other room, and you could watch it on the tele- TVs, the big TVs they had there. It was a fantastic experience. Loved it sitting up there above the ordinary people <laughs> eating their hot dogs at $10 each. And here we were eating fantastic food, so comfortable, terrific view, absolutely incredible. But the truth is this, there were only a certain amount of those sweets in the whole stadium. They weren't available for everybody. Which brings me to what I want to focus on this morning in our second part of our series, Not a Fan, and that is this. Jesus makes it really clear that as far as he is concerned, everyone's welcome. His family is not an exclusive club. In fact, Jesus throws the doors wide open and says, what I'm come to bring you is for all. Look at this verse. Here's here's what Jesus said about this in Luke's gospel, chapter 9 and verse 23. Then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Now take a look at that again. Then he said to them all, what's the next word? Whoever, whoever wants to be my disciple. Who can be a disciple of Jesus? All right, whoever, right, anybody. The invitation is to everyone. It's not exclusive. It's not for a few. You don't have to have something that gives you the right of entry. You don't have to be a certain kind of person. Jesus makes it very clear from get-go that his invitation is to anyone, whoever, Whoever wants to be my disciple. So, Jesus makes it clear that anyone is welcome. Anyone is welcome. Now, some folks sort of say, yeah, but what's, what's, what's the catch there? There is no catch. But what's the qualification? There is no qualification. When Jesus said, whoever That's who he meant. And actually, the crowds who started to follow him would have looked at his disciples and know that he really did mean anyone is welcome. You see, Jesus was a rabbi. So that was one of the main religious teachers. Jesus was a rabbi. And he was an unusual rabbi. Because he traveled around all over the place he didn't have a fixed home even of his own. but every rabbi had his little group of disciples they were called Talmud they had their Talmud around them and the disciples of any rabbi the Talmud were people who would have known the Bible as it existed then inside out they had to you see there were certain strict qualifications before you could become the Talmud of a rabbi. You had to have everything in place. It's kind of like, you know, if you want to go to a decent school, your GPA has got to be really, really way up there. And to become the follower of a rabbi, you really had to be able to fulfill some stringent qualifications like The rabbi might interrogate you and say to you, uh, quote me Psalm 37, the whole thing. Okay, you just failed that, didn't you? (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Um, Tell me the book of Joshua. And the rabbi takes a seat, and he wants you to tell him, word for word, the whole of the content of the book of Joshua. Joshua. How many times is Lord mentioned in Leviticus chapter 11? They were stringent qualifications because? Because a rabbi was judged by the quality of his followers. So like if a rabbi had riffraff following him, you know, people would look at him thinking, he's not that good, is he? So every rabbi wanted the very best Talmud disciples, followers around him. And then Jesus came. (laughs) And Jesus turned that whole thing absolutely upside down because Jesus didn't have a great big list of qualifications. He didn't ask them what their knowledge and awareness of the Bible was. He didn't ask them how much they could quote from the old scriptures. When people looked at Jesus and those that were following him, they would have got the message straight away, anyone's welcome. Anyone's welcome. If someone wasn't good enough to become a Talmud of a rabbi, they learned a trade. It was as simple as that. So basically any tradesman was a person who in the religious field didn't make the grade. So you became a builder or you became a fisherman or something else. It was the sign you hadn't made it because the ultimate was to become a Talmud. So in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, it says this. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. They, didn't, they hadn't made the grade, you with me? They were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and they followed him. Simon and Andrew, Peter and Andrew, were people who weren't good enough, who didn't have the qualifications, who didn't make the grade to become Talmud to a rabbi. They couldn't quote. All the Bible passages. They couldn't answer all of the rabbis' questions, so they went off and they just worked with their father in their father's trade. Jesus wasn't interested in what they knew. There was only one thing that Jesus required of them. He came and he said, Follow me, and they followed him. That's all it took. Anyone is welcome. And then the Bible tells us, verse 21. It says, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. They were failures too. They hadn't made the grade either. Jesus called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Listen, being a follower of Jesus isn't about how much Bible you know, it's about are you following. Have you heard the call and are you following the voice of the master? In fact, in Acts chapter 4 and verse 13, at a point when Peter and John were were called to give account for what they were doing and how they were preaching, here's what it says about the religious leaders. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Jesus. Like, who are these guys who are doing this preaching now? Who are these guys who are performing miracles now? Who the heck are they? They are ordinary people. They're uneducated people. There's only one thing that's different about these guys. They were with Jesus. In fact, some of his followers even talked strangely. When Jesus was arrested the night of his arrest... Peter was warming himself beside a fire, and uh, a servant girl said, hey, you were one of his followers, weren't you? He said, no, I wasn't. And then here's what she said next. She said, you are. You talk like Galileans talk. Now, often people ask me, where do you come from? Because you've got an accent. I don't have an accent. You have accents. Let's just be clear on that, okay? <laughs> if I, you know, if I told you the part of England that I come from, the area in England where I come from in the southwest, it is kind of farming country. It's also got the most beautiful beaches and the best climate in the country. And uh but actually in the UK our accent would be laughed at cuz it's like We're, now no disrespect to anybody here, okay? We're like rednecks. So it's like, yeah, that's kind of, you know, so they laugh at the way we talk and and they laugh at our accent. And it was the same with the Galilean accent. So here's Peter and they said, you know what, yeah, you're a follower of Jesus. It's like, we know by the way you talk like, you know, you talk like a hillbilly. Well, fisherman. Jesus proved the point that anybody's welcome. You look through his followers. There's a guy called Simon the Zealot. He was like a political fanatic. No one would have wanted him. He was an embarrassment. Then you got people like Thomas, who after three and a half years of being real close to Jesus, doubted everything Jesus had said. And of course, you had Judas Iscariot, who went on to betray him. But here's the thing. They might not have been able to recite the books of the Old Testament, but when Jesus said, follow me, they followed. And what Jesus is looking for in every one of us is that in our simplicity, we're following him. And you know what? We're all at different stages of that journey. Right? All at different stages. Some of you, it's relatively new. Some of us have been traveling on this road for years, but the fact is we're still on the journey. And here's the real thing that matters, that where you are at today, you're still following Jesus, still moving forward, still listening to his voice. When people came to Jesus to hear him teaching, they looked around and they realized, wow, Anybody's welcome. And I thank God for that. I thank God that Jesus didn't make it any different. Jesus didn't set a qualifying uh, standard. He didn't set a bar someplace. He just said this. He said, whoever will follow me, whoever will follow me. If anybody will follow me, anybody's welcome. And then let me say this. So anybody means everybody. Everybody. Everybody can follow Jesus. I'm making that statement and it may seem kind of redundant after what I've just said, but I'm making that statement because here's the deal. There are a lot of people out there that are not connected with churches who've been given the impression that church is for a select kind of person. And they've got the idea, you know, well, you know, yeah, yeah, that's kind of not quite for me. Yeah, I'm. You know, that's not. I, I'm not that kind of person because they've been given the impression, and there's only one place they could have got that impression. But they've been given the impression that you know what? It's it's not really their thing. It's not really kind of for them. They're not a church kind of person. And we've got to be very careful that we never settle down to the place where we become the kind of church setting and the church family which gets so introspective and taken up with ourselves that how we are becomes the standard for anybody coming in. Listen, I've known Jesus for over 50 years. I don't expect people to be where I'm at now. Are you with me there? right? Now, if we're not careful, though, we can expect anyone who walks into this church who perhaps has never been connected with Jesus, who has been disconnected from church much of their life, you know, and we come in and we almost set them a standard that here's what we expect of you, here's how we want you to be. Let me remind you what it says in the book of Romans chapter 3 and verse 27. It says, where does that leave our proud Jewish insider claims and counterclaims? Take Jewish out of that. Put Christian there for now. Where does this leave our proud Christian insider claims and counterclaims? Cancelled? Yes, cancelled. What we've learned is this God does not respond to what we do, we respond to what God does. Right? Where does all this leave the kind of the self-righteousness that some people can take upon themselves, the holier-than-thou kind of position? Where does it leave it? i tell you what it does. It leaves it in the dust because the fact is none of us is a child of God today because of our goodness or because of what we have achieved. It's not what we've done. It's what God has done, and we have responded to what God has done, right? That's what it's all about. Anybody means everybody. In Matthew 22, Jesus tells the story of a king whose son was getting married and he sent out invitations to all the people he wanted to come to the wedding, right? I waited last year for mine when Harry got married. But it didn't come. I think it was lost in the mail. I can't imagine Prince Harry would want to get married without me being there, but... They got by. I hope it works. <laughs> no, imagine that. Imagine that. So you got the invitations to the royal wedding, right? And Jesus said the king sent out all the invitations. And when it was coming close, he sent servants out to say, okay, now you better start getting ready. You better start traveling because the wedding's coming. And everybody they went to had some reason now why they couldn't make the royal wedding. And the king was upset. He was ticked. And the king said to the servants, go out and bring in any old body. So here's what it says in Matthew 22. So the servants went out into the streets, gathered all the people they could find. Look at this. I love this. The bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. You know why Jesus told that story? Because anybody means everybody. 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 And he was telling it in that context particularly really to to really stick it to the religious people of his day and say to them, you know what, you're not really the people that you were meant to be, so the invitation's going out to everybody. Everybody. So you and I are here today. So many of us can say we have a relationship with Jesus today. And the reason is this. It's not based on my qualification. It's based on His grace, His love, and His goodness, because Jesus extended the invitation to the bad as well as the good, and here we are today. Isn't God good? Love it. I love it. And and you know what that That, that means? That means that church is going to be an environment where we're all at different stages, so holier-than-thou people need to be really, really careful. I'm not suggesting there are any here today. They've probably got their minds blown the first visit. But, um, but, 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 but we've got to be very careful because we're all in different positions. When we started our church, we, we started very, very clearly. we got one purpose. Our purpose is to seek and to save those that are lost. We didn't start this church to provide another alternative for people who were doing church already. We wanted to be church where people who were disconnected from church felt that they could come and feel welcomed. When we started, there were a number of people from other churches who did come and join us. Some of them had been disconnected from churches. Some of them I'd known over the years. I'd been on Long Island, and they did come and join us. And, and several years into things, though, we hit a major wall. And, uh, and the war was this, that a lot of the folks who had a long church background uh, were upset because we weren't shaping up to be the kind of church they thought we were going to be. Now, I'm not saying anything remotely negative about any of these people, good people. But they just weren't, they were ill at ease. Because they wanted it done this way, and they thought this is what we should do, and we should take care of this. And uh, we exist to seek and to save those that are lost. That's the course we followed for over 20 years now. And sometimes it would have been easier to go off track and give way to things that would have helped keep some people happier. But we s- kept looking forward, stayed the course. And there was a period over a number of months where we lost a lot of people, dozens and dozens of people, because they didn't feel that this was the way they wanted church to be and they felt church should be. And, and it's always painful from a pastor, it's always painful to see people Go. A few months after that, those of you that are with us on Tuesday nights, you know that what we do Tuesdays, we kind of do some video teaching generally, and then we break out into groups. Well, for years we had no building of our own, so what we used to do is we used to have Bible study groups in people's homes all around the area. And uh, if we were doing video teaching, we'd show the video in, all the, you know, in the homes they would, and someone would facilitate the conversation in someone's home. And I, I had a group... Um, I had a group in Mastic, and we were in someone's home in Mastic, and we were... One night, we had coffee as we arrived, and we kind of settled down, and I said to the group, so um, what's, what's the best thing that's happened in the last couple of days? And one of the ladies said, my sister went home. I said, oh, really? She said, yeah, she's one of those born-again's. She said, I've had the whole weekend with one of these born-again's. And she's kept telling me, I'm not doing this right, and I'm not doing that right, and I'm not good enough here, and I need to change my ways there. And she said, I had it all. And she said, it was building up until she said, you know, just before she left, she's on my case again, telling me if I'm really a Christian, i got to do this, if I'm really a Christian. And she said, you know, I just had it. So I just told her, look, let's get this straight. I've only, expletive deleted, been a Christian for a couple of months. I just... Got baptized last expletive deleted Sunday. So get off of my back. So she cursed bad, right out into this, you know, right out into this small Bible study group. She cursed right out like, you know, you know what I loved? Nobody gasped. I'm sorry, but I love that. All right, Now some of you really I, I love that. Nobody gasped. There was a single person who said you shouldn't talk like that. I'm sorry, I love that. You know why I love that? Because she was a brand new Christian in the making. And you know what? I wasn't going to shoot her down in flames there and then. Because if everybody's welcome, there are going to be people coming in and there are different stages of growth. And we need to guide them and we need to help them, but we don't need to put them to shame. I called Jill on my way home that night. And I said, this is what I said to her. I said, I see why all those folks needed to leave now. Because if they'd been in that group, they wouldn't have known how to handle it. And they'd have damaged that lady. Because if everybody's welcome... It's going to be messy at times, and if, if church if ch- whatever that was, <laughs> amen. <laughs> if church if church is for everyone, then we cannot raise barriers. We cannot say but. So here we are. So you know what? That's why. There's no dress code here except please be covered, right? <laughs> right, that's good. Or any of the other things that go with it. You don't have to put on the air of you know, having it all together and everything being good because everybody is welcome. Jesus said, whoever will, if anybody wants to come after me and anyone means Everyone, and I'm saying that for two kind of particular groups of people here this morning, I'm saying that if you're someone who hasn't been connected with church for a number of years, and you may be thinking, well, it's not really my thing. I want you to know Jesus invites you. You don't have to know the Bible insides out. You don't have to have been somebody who has connected with church all of your life. You don't have to have all your life together. Good grief. You don't wait to get your everything in order before you come to Jesus or you'll never come, right? You come to Jesus because you can't get your stuff sorted out. And you say, Lord, take control of this stuff and help me with it, right? I mean, that's why we do it. So if you're in that position where you've been outside of church, I just want to say, because this is what Jesus says, I want you to know as far as this family's concerned, and as Jesus is concerned, anyone's welcome. And everyone is welcome. I want you to know that. And then I want to remind those, yeah. I want to remind those of you that are part of our church family and have been for a while. I want to remind you that we need to make sure that we keep that before us. Anyone means Everyone, everyone is welcome. We need to maintain that as our individual approach and attitude and that needs to be the way we're reflected as a church together. Anybody means everybody. And you know what that does? Here's the next stage. Because there are no qualifications, there can be no excuses. Because there are no qualifications, There can be no excuses. When Jesus says, if anybody wants to follow me, let him come and take up his cross and follow me, then Jesus totally clears the board of any excuses that any individual might be. He breaks down the barriers so that we are robbed of any excuses. So there's nobody who can say, well, that doesn't fit me. Yes, it does. Well, you don't know what my history is. I don't need to know what your history is. Jesus knows what it is, and you still fit into anybody. No qualification. There is no qualification, so you can't make that an excuse. You say, well, if you only knew where my life was at, you know what? I'm interested in where you're at, but that's not a qualification. (laughs) There are no qualifications, so there are no excuses. Well, you see, I really, you know, I, I don't really know anything. I don't know the Bible. I don't know anything about anything. That's an excuse because there's no qualification. There is no qualification. Whatever your excuses be, you've got to let it go. Because there's no qualification. You know what the only qualification is? The only qualification is, Jesus, I hear you talking to my heart saying, follow me. And you know what, Lord, I don't know what that's going to mean even, but I want to follow you. That's what it all really comes down to. And when when, when we recognize that everyone's welcome, and when we recognize that means that Anybody, wherever they're at and wherever they're being is welcome. You know what it does? That opens the doors of church and it opens the hearts of church people so that all kinds of folks will be present and they should be. You know what that means? That means church will get messy sometimes. Does that mean we accept everything? No. No. But we accept everyone. We accept everyone. It's not my job to sort you out. That's above my pay grade. Only God can do that. It's our job to create the environment and to share the truth that will give you the opportunity to connect with God in a meaningful way so that God can do for you what only God can do. So Jesus takes away our excuses. Fan or follower? I tell you, fans of the game want to keep it smooth and clean and really all pretty and nice. Followers don't mind if it gets messy around the place because they know what this is all about. What we're doing is not for us and for our entertainment and for our amusement. What we are doing, we are doing for people who need Jesus and who need to find the peace and the hope and the love that He can give them so they can find the healing and the wholeness and the hope that only comes through Jesus Christ. No qualification means that there are no excuses. And then let me say this finally it's anyone, but it's everything. It's everything. When Jesus said to Peter and Andrew, follow me, the Bible says they left their boats and they followed Jesus. It was like, Lord, I'm all in. I'm all in. Then he comes to James and John and says, follow me. They left their father with the nets and they followed him. They were all in. Jesus comes to where Matthew is gathering taxes, the most loathsome kind of guy. He was robbing people blind uh, uh, and taxing them to death on behalf of the occupying Roman government. Everybody hated Matthew. Jesus comes to the table where he's doing that and he says, follow me. Matthew gets up, leaves it all, it says, and follows Jesus. He left it all. It's anyone... But it's everything. Looking back at Luke 9 and verse 23. Then he said to them, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. When a Talmud was finally accepted by a rabbi, they would leave their homes, their jobs, and everything else And they would go and follow the rabbi, literally. And that's what Jesus' followers did. Now, that doesn't mean to say a follower of Jesus in the 21st century is someone who needs to leave your home and leave your job. But here's what it does mean. It means while I am in my home and while I am doing my job, I'm still following Jesus. I'm listening to His voice. I'm following His guidance in my life. I'm letting His principles direct the choices I make and the things that I do. It's, anyone is welcome, but Jesus wants us on a daily basis to be following Him. And that's what Jesus offers. And for those of you here today who might not yet have taken the first step of saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, today's a great day to make that move. And if you're here today as someone who's committed yourself to following Jesus, the question for you today is, are you still following? Are you still listening? Are you still doing what he called you to do? Or have you become a fan sitting somewhere in the stands watching the game going on? Bruce Larson wrote a book called Believe and Belong, and in it he tells the story that when he was working in Manhattan, he would often counsel people in his Manhattan office. And he said quite often what he would do with people that he was counseling who really hadn't come to a place of faith in Christ and who were struggling with life's burdens, he said that what what he would often do with them is he said, I take them for a walk up Fifth Avenue. And I take them to the Rockefeller Center. And when I got there, he said, I would show them the statue of Atlas. And there is Atlas absolutely like the most ripped form you could ever imagine. And he's carrying the world, and every muscle obviously tends to carry the whole world. Then he said, I take them across the road to St. Patrick's Cathedral, and behind the high altar, there is a little shrine to the child Christ, and there's a statue of Jesus about eight or nine years old with his hand extended, and the whole world is in his hand. And he says, I say to them, there are two ways to live. You can be carrying the whole load and straining with all your might to do it, or you can put your life in the hand of Jesus and let him follow you. Some of you this morning need to put your hand, your life in the hand of Jesus and to start to follow him. Let's pray. You've heard just the voice of God in your heart today that says, follow me, follow me. You know, it's time to let your load down and to say, Lord, I'm in your hand. My life's in your hand. I want to be one of your followers. I want to encourage you just now to open your heart and seal the deal.